Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to Nick's Mail.Bag, presented by the Strickland and presented by all of you on Patreon, although this is not the the Patreon-only show. This is the uh, lovingly named Dummy Mailbag, uh, but thank you all for supporting us on Patreon. I'll give the sales pitch for that in just a moment because I'm contact- contractually obligated by myself. I was going to say, literally by yourself? <laughs> yes, yes. Contractually obligated by me. I signed it in blood in my living room for no reason. Uh, How did you feel about that? What's, uh, she was fine. She was good. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. it was all good. Uh, anyway, you probably just heard him talking, but I have Matt Weiss, a.k.a. Matt Weiss, a.k.a. Warm Perm, who you might know is at Wampirm on Twitter. Did I say that right? Is that how you like that? Yeah, Wampirm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know how to say your last name for the first like time I said it, but I know Which how to say crazy Wampir. Because, uh, yeah, I, I was shocked that you didn't get my name right um, the first time because it's like it's a pretty common last name. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I've just been saying that in my head wrong for all these years too. Yeah, apparently hearing it enough out loud. Anyway, what's up, Matt? How you doing? I, uh, obviously, I'm doing okay. You can hear me. You know, I, I don't sound like I'm dying, so I don't. I don't think I need to really answer that. Zach, how are you doing? Oh, never oh. Mm. oh, what a shock! What a shock! Zach isn't here again. Yeah, Zach. Uh, Zach's doing his usual thing and showing up late. Uh, it is so. We're recording. I'll, I'll peek behind the curtain. We're recording at ten o five p.m. and we held off for about fifteen minutes. And our original, as I said, we we really held off for like three hours. <laughs> yeah, can I be super official and call it a call time? Like our initial call time was yeah. nine thirty p.m was when we were initially going to record this. And then Zach's like, I think I'm going to be a little later than 9.30 if you guys just want to start without me. And then now it's 10.05 and we're starting. So, And, and again, we were only going to be starting at 9.30. We normally record at like 7. We were going yeah. to record at 9.30 because Zach has to start at 9.30. Yeah, and which I don't, now... I don't totally hate, if we're being honest. I like nighttime recordings, but either way, Zach is late, as usual. So we started without him. And you guys gave me so much shit for being like, 45 seconds late after being 20 minutes late last yeah, time. Yeah, but the thing is, right, we we really, 
it, I wish I had thought of the idea of me just hosting myself sooner because then we, you would have been 20 minutes late. That's um, true. That's true. It was, but, it was that Zach and I were too stupid to consider that one of us could just host it. You know, <laughs> if we, you know, if we did that this time, then uh, we would be in a situation where Zach would just miss the whole show. Considering yeah. how late he is now and not how late he is compared right. to the, the Zach was the supposed to host this episode. I mean, not really, but he said he was going to. I was I was going to make him. Um, on the bright side, he's not going to fiddle with the questions uh, while I'm trying to read them, that's so that's a yeah. plus. But yeah. we'll introduce him when he decides to stumble in here and make a stupid. By the way, um, before we get to the questions, I are you? Do you suspect the same thing I do, which is that he's on a date and that's why he's late? It's entirely possible Zach's on a date. That's and what I think is going that's on. That's why he's late. Yeah, I mean, he is. He he's he. I mean, that. What else would keep him out till like nine thirty, and then yeah. be like, oh crap, it's going to be later. He must just be having a good right. That's him, I guess. that's why I'm suspicious. Yeah. I grew more suspicious when he, you know, now that he's later and later because that's the kind of thing where like, yeah, you know, I'm meeting her at six thirty. I'll, I'll definitely be home by nine thirty, but. Uh, you know, I guess the date must be going well if he's even later, if it's a date. So great job, it's Zach. Just, I hope all you right, we'll, we'll plan something live on the show again, just like we did when we ghosted him uh, yeah. on the Star Wars pod. We'll yep. first thing that we'll say to him is, how was your date? And see if he see if he says something immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because then we'll be like, ah, I got you. You didn't want to say what you were doing. But, <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> all right. That's what we'll do. Anyway, yeah. quick Patreon plug. Uh, support us on Patreon if you're not already. If If you're not able to do that at all then that's totally fine and we still love you anyway but it helps us out a lot uh we have a lot of great tiers going from three dollars all the way up to a hundred dollars but the the more commonly uh picked ones are the six and nine dollar tiers uh nice uh but the the six dollar tier gets you access to friday's pod strickland as well as uh the other mail dot bag the uh the, the aptly named nerd bag which has Schwinn and either Jeremy or Drew on with him. And then uh, if you move up another tier from that, then you get uh, a new podcast, which Schwinn has now put out two episodes of. One he just put out featuring Jonathan Macri uh, called Strick and Roll. And that's Schwinn with one or sometimes multiple guests. And, and then they discuss the Knicks, but oftentimes a lot of other stuff too. So that's a fun show. And then also you get some great uh, written content from Jack Huntley and Matthew Miranda included with that as well. So $6, $9 tiers. We also have tons of other ones, which include, you know, being able to sit in on podcast recordings, uh, watch parties with us over Discord. Uh, Oh, also you get access to our Discord server, which is constantly bumping uh, for the $6 tier. So definitely check that out too. But yeah, all kinds of great stuff available on patreon so thank you for listening to my pitch my blood oath has been fulfilled and with that we wait i just want a quick comment i um i really want to roll back to i think people should be more focused on the the you know the chance to get columns from jack and and matt because uh I mean, Matt, too, we all know how amazing a writer Matt is, but Jack, like, we probably, it's only a matter of time before somebody, like, lets, pays him to write full-time for them. So, takes uh, the opportunity unless, we can. Unless we get enough patrons to save him as a Strickland-only contributor. Yeah, I mean, the same thing will probably happen with Matt, because he's, you know, writes, like, poetry and basketball. So, yeah. just, yeah, give it, if you, you know, every patron means a better chance that we can keep them away from, uh, from like, you know, 
Bleacher Report. Or, the right. I hope not Bleacher Report, but you know, so that would be bad for them. That would suck, but uh, <laughs> something like that. Exactly. Um, anyway, all right. Uh, so we're gonna move to the questions. We've we've now managed to stall another few minutes waiting for Zach. Yeah. Trying to see if he can maybe make it in by question time, but he's too late. I kind of have a feeling he's not going to show up. I think there's a very real chance, or he'll show up literally for the last like three minutes. Yeah, and and be like, "Hey, I did show up, guys." Um, <laughs> anyway, all right, we got our first question. You've got mail, and this is this is from a Patreon patron and a a consistent uh, strict cord Discord participant. The you see the market today, guy at underscore hug life underscore with a Y instead of an I in life. Uh, hug life asks, if you're Mitch's agent, what would you ask for after perusing this list? It is a list that features uh, uh, like basically all the, I think it's just all the NBA contracts. Although honestly, I tried to cut and paste the link and it was, it wasn't working for me, so I don't know if Spotrack is just down or what. Yeah, I just did the same thing because I meant to look at the link earlier and I forgot. Uh, let me just try to go to Spotrack in general. Yeah, this is this is great. No, Spotrack is working. Okay, I guess maybe uh, Huglife yeah, gave us a dead totally link. Weird. I clicked on the link within the site and it went it pulled right up. That's very strange. All right, All right. Well, ban for two we'll seconds. We'll look at, at center contracts. We're both getting there. All right, contracts, contracts by position. Let's sort by center. I'm assuming that that's what we're looking for. I'm there. Okay, center, center. Okay, update. This is great. Good, good look behind the curtain. Uh, I want all these current contracts. Why you showing me? I don't, I don't care about Joel Embiid's previous contract. They're not even on anymore. Oh, no, he definitely is, because the extension hasn't kicked in yet. That's why it's there. Okay, that makes more sense. I was about to say, I don't know what you're... I'm looking at ones that have total value with average annual value on them. Yeah. Um, oh, and Joel Embiid's on there twice, because it was currently... Yeah, because it was his two contracts. Okay. I, I thought it was showing us old ones. Um, so, uh, I'm assuming that the guys that we would probably want to look at for a comparison here for Mitchell Robinson would be Jared Allen mm-hmm. at five years for $100 million. Clint Capella, five years for ninety million. Right. That that averages out to eighteen Turner. million a season. Um, Turner four for eighty. Yeah, Wendell Carter. Right. Yeah. Oh, you said Turner too. Yeah, Turner yeah. four for eighty. Wendell Carter's that's pretty. That's that's pretty low value. Like Mitch. Yeah. You know, even like the Robert. I know a lot of people were saying like, oh, Mitch should get like at least a Robert Williams contract. Like four for forty eight is kind of a, a Robert Williams is not as good as Mitch. So yeah. you know, not even close. Yeah. Um, I think so. To, to get right into the meat of this question, if I'm looking at all these center contracts in the NBA, what would I ask for? Uh, if, with how well Mitch has played to start this year, and I mean, we yeah. haven't even, I think, seen the best version of him yet. Uh, I would probably ask for Miles Turner money. Actually, you know what? If we're just talking about what you ask for, I would ask for Jared Allen money. Yeah, I think I if I'm the Knicks... You know, I, I think they, yeah. What I what I would imagine is Knicks offer him the current contract, Mitch asked for the Allen contract, and they settle on the Capella contract. Yeah, and if if the Knicks or if the Knicks gave Mitch the Capella contract, would you be satisfied with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, provided that I mean, I would assume that they would probably hand it to him about halfway through this year. So I, I would mm-hmm. say with the obvious caveat of his conditioning gets to peak level, right, and he doesn't get hurt again. I mean, which. 
he's he's had like one moment every single game that makes you like grit your teeth yeah. and yeah. <laughs> worry that he's you know down for the you, I saw you tweeting about that yesterday and it's like definitely yeah. definitely true. Um, it's like you die a little and then you and he then had like three of those in the one game against the Magic. Yeah, yeah, there was there was a lot. Um, and that was the Magic one was the one where Suggs like like ran in like a defensive back. Yeah, trying to sack him. Yeah, uh, and then and, he got called for a foul. <laughs> yeah, and Mitch got called for a foul there, dude. I can relate to that as as someone who's big among normal people that has played basketball. Mm. Like when you're bigger than everybody else, you just like people will literally run into you, but they bounce off of you because you're bigger and you get called for a foul. And I'm right. like, I used to literally like in high school, like I would sometimes literally just be like standing in the paint and I'll just throw my hands up and not move and mm-hmm. have guys. One time I literally had a guy try to like finish a layup into me mm-hmm. and he bounced off me and fell onto the ground and I got called for a foul. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I like, I literally just yeah. stood straight up. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very funny. By the way, just a reminder that Mitch, who is not fully conditioned yet because, you know, he like barely even played in preseason, held Joel Embiid to 0 for 5 in the first half last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what did Embiid end with, like eight points? Yeah, he finished 2 for 7. All of, Almost all of his points were from the line, which, yeah, yeah Mitch fouled him a few times, but like, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm the, also as you, I'm sorry, as usual, the difference between Taj and Mitch was so big too. Like, yeah, as good as Taj is, like he can't handle Joel Embiid. Mitch can literally like right. turn Joel Embiid into nothing, which yeah. is impressive because that's an yeah. MVP candidate. Yeah, and again, he's not like imagine what he'll do to him like next time they play the Sixers when Mitch is like more in shape. <laughs> the question is, will Embiid be more in shape? <laughs> no, but I, I don't think so. <laughs> he didn't have any reason to be out of shape. Yeah, um, and I'm going to revise my answer slightly, by the way. Because, you know, like, if I'm – Hug Life asked if I'm Mitch's agent. If I'm Mitch's agent, I need to at least beat the Capella contract. You know, like, I'm thinking about – I always use cross-court comparisons just because, like, baseball is always more on my mind. But, like, Lindor got $341 million because he wanted to beat Fernando Tatis' contract by a million dollars. So, like, you're going to take – what you're going to take is, like, more like 92 or $93 million, not 90 Because you want to, you know, you want to say, hey, I got my client more than Capella's agent got him. Yeah, yeah, he I, 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 I beat Jared I, Allen, which he probably won't beat Jared Allen because like Jared Allen got overpaid. But um, I think you, I think you go say like you're not going to settle for under ninety million and one dollar. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's probably that's probably accurate to say. Like, I, I think that he'll probably go for the Capella now because I think by the time all is said and done, again, if he stays healthy this year, his impact will be that of Capella, if not greater. I mean, yeah, I argue. Mean, the only difference for the if you're the Knicks, like literally, the difference between ninety million and ninety two million is nothing other than Mitch being happy, you know. So, mm-hmm. like, give him the ninety two million. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the other thing too is that if he proves to be as good as he has looked so far this year at whatever, like seventy eighty percent conditioning, I mean, he'll just uh, he'll easily be tradable on that contract. Like, there's no way that yeah. you couldn't. If you needed to clear the book right. space for whatever reason, yeah. like let's say, I don't know, freaking Giannis. <laughs> yeah, okay. point, yeah, fine. <laughs> you know, whatever. He can't. He's he's extended. Yeah. But, you know, let's yeah. say someone of that caliber says, I want to come to the Knicks. And, you know, it's like, oh, crap. Well, Mitchell Robinson is the difference between getting that player or not getting that player. Then yeah. you just go, all right, well, some team will still give us a first round pick for Mitchell Robinson because right. 
he's a great center that affects the game on like multiple levels on defense as well as on offense. So yeah, I think, uh, I, I think I would definitely give him over the Capella number at this point, if he holds out, which is, I mean, it's, it's all contingent on the health, but it's definitely not contingent on the skills because I think that he's so far looked at least as impactful as Capella, if not more so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so far this season. So I, yep. I definitely think I would go with that. Uh, all right. That was a good question though, but we can move to our next one. You've got mail. Uh, our next question comes from uh fallen leaf. Fantastic. Mr. Fox season with a, Fox face emoji uh, at fickle underscore Stan. Do you think Fournier or RJ ends the season averaging more assists with the French Prince gone? Who is the most stylish current Nick? Oh, okay. This, this is like a very distinct two part question. Yeah. I, I'm, let's just answer. I think the second part answer is obvious. Um, maybe you don't, but who we can do it? that quickly. I think it's RJ. You think RJ is the most stylish? Yeah. Uh, he's, always, he's always got a good look. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm willing to just hand him the title. All right. Well, like, so I think, like, quickly takes some chances. But yeah, I guess. He kind of does his thing. Like, I mean, I the one that I remember that stands out in my brain with him was that, like, all-flannel, like, tracksuit or whatever yeah. last year. That, that yeah. maybe pushed the boundaries just a little bit for me. But a lot of people that are, like, younger than you or I that are probably more in tune with shit were like, wow, this is heat. Like yeah. I love what Quickly's wearing right now. So yeah, but you know what I mean. Like uh, RJ definitely wears. The question ironically, was asked of, of you know the question was asked of us two thirty-one year old men. Yeah, so like yeah. you know we're gonna answer. I, like ironically, despite being almost the youngest player on the team, I think RJ has a refined, like dare I say, almost washed sense of style, which is probably why he would appeal to the two of us. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I mean, I, I see, I respect like. I respect that, like, it's cool to, like, dress like Russell Westbrook, but, like, I'm just not going to be, like, hey, that looks fucking awesome. Like, I'm just going to think RJ, like, dressing more, like, classically refined is going to look cool to me. Um, but that makes me a geezer, so whatever. Yeah, you're a geezer. I think yeah. I think that RJ's look is very, very uh, tuned in. He, he knows what he's going for at all times, which is yeah. good, and I respect that. I do think like quickly probably takes the most chances. Uh, Ob generally looks pretty good. I mean, he's got the Jordan sponsorship too, so that's mm. helpful. Uh, so you can always wear Jordan stuff if you want. Yeah, Ob goes for a lot of sweats and stuff. Yeah, but so, like athleisure's yeah. in still. Yeah, so. it is. I just like again, I don't. Yeah, like I'm gonna say, and and by the way, I want to be clear because I, I feel like I wasn't clear about what I was saying about Russell Westbrook. Like pushing gender boundaries in clothing is like super cool. It's just not like I'm not comfortable with that personally. Um, you know, it would be cool if I was, but I'm not, but, um, I think it's awesome that Russell Westbrook does because that's like been really great for society. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, when I was thinking, when I think Russell Westbrook, I don't even think necessarily the gender pushing stuff as much as like, what was that shirt that he wore that just had like the holes cut out of it? Yeah. But he, point? he, he wore a skirt recently. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Which know. is great. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I've seen plenty of dudes wear skirts. I'm just saying, like, Russell Westbrook has been doing it for, like, a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I will give honorable mentions in this category also to Randall, Fournier, Rose, and Kemba. They all they all dress pretty cool. Too. I was thinking about Randall, too. I haven't really paid attention to what Fournier has worn in the, you know, the few times. He's... Fournier is is sort of like RJ in the sense that he just has his shit figured out mm-hmm. and, and is very stylish uh, and has a nice, like, refined 
washed 30 year old look about him yeah um but like a washed 30 year old with a stylist and a bunch of money right right, right, right. um and then like kemba and rose i think kind of pushed boundaries a little bit too so yeah um i know everybody loved kemba's like anime uh <laughs> bowling shirt for his his introduction thing so and i actually thought that was a pretty cool look too so i'm into that uh to answer the other part of the question the basketball side who will end up with more assists uh, between RJ and Fournier, or a- averaging more assists between those two, which I, is probably an important qualifier because I think it's a better chance that Fournier misses a few games than RJ. Um, currently, excuse me, they are tied at 2.8 assists per game, uh, which is good for four. Sorry, fourth. Yeah, tied for tied for fourth on the team. Uh, behind Julius, obviously, Rose, obviously, Kemba, mm. obviously. Uh, so, they, yeah, they're fighting for the fourth one. I am going to go ahead and say I think that RJ, by the end of the season, will be averaging more assists because I think that I think they're going to start once Mitch is like fully back in lob form again, mm-hmm. they're going to start running that pistol action with RJ and Mitch at the beginning of games again, which is like. I'm not going to lie, because of the frequency the Knicks have run it, it's like one of the only basketball actions I can like pick out of a lineup right now. <laughs> um, so they're going to run that, uh, and that's going to get RJ some easy early game assists. But then the other thing is that Fournier's role is more so to score, um, but also, more importantly, to like score off of Julius' passes. So he'll get some in their little two-man game of kicking back out to Julius, but and sometimes kicking back out to other shooters, but so much of what that action is designed for is getting Fournier like open threes and, and getting downhill towards the basket and stuff like that. So I just think that based off how he's, which I guess you could kind of say the same thing for like RJ shoots a ton of spot up threes, but I think it's going to end up being RJ over Fournier by the end. It'll be pretty close. Zach. What the hell, man? Sorry, man. That's my cat. <laughs> so Zach just showed up to what, 20, drop it's ice on the floor? What the hell is going on? Yeah, so he showed up at 1023, um, <laughs> which is a full 53 minutes later than he said he was going to be here. It's um, Zach, how was your date? Uh, it was good. It was good. Well, it. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. It went, it went a little longer than I expected, uh, obviously. Yeah, that, well, that's good news, I assume. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. Um, I'm also going to put my chessboard away real quick because my cat's been... Then mute yourself. The chess no, no, I will. Continue. <laughs> and, and no more noise. Go ahead. I'm going to mute him right now. Okay, there we go. He muted himself. <laughs> stumbles in here, making all the noise in the world while you try to answer a question. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt, the person that's been here this whole time, what do you think about the... Uh, I mean, I, I don't... I think you nailed it. Um, I don't really have much to add. I, I think, I mean, Fournier's passing has been, I just didn't know that Fournier was like a, a solid passer. So I've been impressed with, with his passing. Um, but I think it'll still be RJ just because uh, I think he, you know, he's going to have the ball more, especially I think, you know, further in the season, there'll be more opportunities where RJ's on the floor without Randall. That's something Tibbs did last year that he hasn't really done this year. Um, and, you know, so RJ will have opportunities to, uh, to rack up some assists that Fournier probably won't just line up wise. Here's here's a big question, real quick. While Zach's still muted, do you think he's been playing chess with his cat? <laughs> <laughs> mm, I can't comment on that. <laughs>
Okay. Well, that's, that's sad. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm like, Zach, as far as I know, lives alone. And he's I just do. talking about his cat. His cat probably saw him come home and was like, oh, it's time to play again. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Zach has been playing chess with his cat. Do you, do, you tell your, do you tell your dates that you play chess with your cat or do you leave that no, out? No, I leave that out. First I float that I have a cat and see how that goes. And then if, yeah. it doesn't, you know, if it goes well, then I might bring it up later. Got it. No, he's, 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 you know, being modest here. He brags about beating his cat. I, I'm just imagining, <laughs> I'm imagining exactly like 15 minutes late to a date and yeah, sorry, I was just beating my chat at, my cat at chess. <laughs> Tough one, but it finally. It was a long end game. I couldn't, I couldn't get yeah. him out of there, but I, I won in the end. <laughs> I can All never right. get him to make a decision in five minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll do your introduction real quick. I'm joined many minutes late by Zach Delizio, aka Wack Delizio, who you might know as at ZJ Delizio on Twitter. I actually can't hate on you too much because you did come on Locked on Knicks the other day, which was nice. But it's true, that was fun. Um, it's a good time. But also, screw you for being late. It's uh, also also just remember the two of you were on Locked on Knicks, and where was your third favorite buddy? Not there. No, no. Yeah. There's a certain there's a certain threshold you have to. You know, be over mm-hmm. like Twitter popularity and stuff. Yeah, to get on locked yeah. on Knicks. You're just not quite there yet. No, well, definitely not. The, you know, it it probably helps to tweet. I think it helps followers. Sorry, let me try that again. It helps you get followers when you tweet. It's true. And I don't. There's generally yeah. a correlation. Yeah, there is a little bit of a correlation. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, Zach, that's all you get for an introduction. I'm not going to ask how you are because we already know you went on an apparently good date. So yeah, it's true. We're going to get to the next question. I'm not going to let you answer the last one. Yeah, that's fine. You've got mail. Um, all right. Next question comes from Zach Picorni at ZMP323. What is the most surprising part of this early season to you guys so far? Uh, you know what? Zach, you can you can do it. I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, I, I think I think this is a pretty easy answer, isn't it? The it's the way they're bombing threes. I know I know in theory, like when we talked about this roster prior to the season starting. We had an idea that they might be able to do this. But this is the type of thing that the James Harden Rockets did. You know what I mean? Where they're just bombing threes constantly. And I know, you know, we look at things on paper. They don't always work out like that. But, you know, you see Derek Rose is suddenly a really good three-point shooter, which he's slowly been coming towards for a long time. And all of a sudden you're looking around and it's like, man, pretty much everyone, one through four, starter and bench, can shoot the ball. It's crazy, and and that's definitely been the most surprising thing. Not only shooting, but hitting them. Yeah, yeah, I think it's probably that too. I guess I would say, as far as another thing that's that's been like interesting so far would maybe be that they're still doing pretty well on the defensive end, despite playing with so much more pace. Um, like I was actually just looking up the number right now; they are still eleventh in the league in points per one hundred possessions. Which I think is pretty good considering they're playing with a top ten pace right now. Um, granted, per one hundred possessions takes takes like the pace out of it, but when you're playing with that much pace, you got to understand that like if you're getting transition opportunities and you're shooting transition threes and everything else, the other team is going to get better shots too. So you just kind of have to outgun them and still put up you know a decent defensive performance. So I guess that would be my surprising thing so far is that the defense and I mean. They owe so much of this to Mitchell Robinson, who we already 
you know, praised quite a bit uh, by giving him a dollar number when Zach was in here. Um, but like, you know, I, I think that the, the, the fact that they're still holding up and being largely, other than some exceptions, the defense that we thought that they were, well, that not just that we thought that they were, that, that they were last year, uh, despite losing arguably a little bit on the defensive talent front with the Bullock to um, Fournier move, but also gaining Mitch back, I, I think has been pretty impressive. But Matt, do you have another another thing to add to the list for surprising parts of the season? Um, I mean, those would have been my two. I will just kind of like stretch to find a third, which is, and this is true, which is not like really at the top of my list. Um, I'm impressed with the leash Tibbs has had on Quickly. Um, Quickly's been paying like a fucking idiot most of the season so far. And Tibbs is not letting him get away with it, which is great because, you know, he shouldn't. And he needs to, um, he really needs to like get his head back on his shoulders properly. And so, you know, Tibbs, like, it's very obvious that Tibbs sees him, like, he sends him out for, you know, a, a shift on the floor and quickly starts playing like an idiot. And Tibbs is like, all right, get out, put somebody else in. Um, and, you know, quickly is going to be fine, obviously. We know how talented he is. But, like, I think, it, I think, Tibbs is handling him correctly because quickly definitely from what we know about him probably wants to be like essentially reprimanded for playing like an idiot. And he is. So. All right. Let's cause this wound up being kind of a quick question. Let's just, cause it'll be quick the other way around too. Let's like flip it on its head. Cause those were mostly positive things. So let's just say like, what's a negative thing that's surprised you so far this season too. And Matt, you could take first crack since you got last crack on the last one. Um, Kemba looks a little worse than I thought. Um, I think he's okay. I thought he'd be less... I mean, finally, yesterday, he kind of took charge of the offense a little bit, but he's been so deferential, Randall especially. Um, and I was kind of expecting him to be a little more aggressive, looking for his own shot. But he maybe doesn't trust his body fully yet. So I'm going to keep an eye out on that. But, um, you know, he hasn't... He's looked more passive than I anticipated. Okay. Zach, what do you think? What's a what's a negative surprise so far? Uh, this is something we were talking about in the Strickland Discord the other day, so this may not come through as, as a surprise if you guys have read that, or some people who are listening may have actually you know seen it live. But I, we were discussing with Schwinn, R.J. Barrett, specifically on offense, because he's been doing a great job on defense, but I, I've been – I mean, I can't help but be a little bit disappointed. I, I think you can also – you can explain it away in perfectly logical ways that I don't even disagree with at all. He's in kind of a, a weird position here where you're getting two guys that have pretty high usage rates being added to the team in Kemba and Fournier. So he's not getting quite that secondary role that he really grew into last season, uh, especially in the second half of the year. Uh, and he does tend to start slow in general, which is something he's been aware of. Uh, I think I saw a clip this week of him talking about it. Um, so I'm not like concerned or anything, but it's just kind of frustrating. I would have liked to see a little bit more from him on offense. He's not really – he's taking difficult shots. He's not really hitting them. Uh, he's doing okay. You know, he had a couple threes the other night or yesterday, and, and he's kind of – you know, he had, he's getting some stuff in transition, which is fine, but I was sort of hoping to see a little bit more. That's all. Uh, I will end this one off by – I've got sort of a twofold thing. One – and they, they're not really related to one another. It was just two things that I happened to think of when I was trying to think of things that I'm like slightly, and I mean, 
you know, these are nitpicks because literally they're three and one and two of the teams have been probable playoff teams. So, I mean, this is, this is not a, a huge, you know, none of these are huge nitpicks, but uh, my first one would be that Tibbs still, even despite this team now having from what we can see a, a pretty stacked like bench all the way out to the 15th man or even further, still not quite feeling comfortable sitting starters down for the last like five minutes when you're up 20 kind of thing, especially not when the other team waves the white flag. Like, like that kind of happened in the the Sixers game where Doc Rivers took anybody of importance out with like four minutes to go. And yet the starters still closed the game. And so that, that didn't totally make sense. I hope that maybe as he gains more trust in like Deuce McBride and Quentin Grimes and those guys in practice, that maybe he starts putting them out there against the guys that are of similar talent levels to them late in games instead of just letting the the starters, you know, keep the team up 20, maybe put in those young guys and let the lead drop to, you know, a final margin of victory of nine points, you know, in the last four minutes or whatever, and just call it a win. Um, I, you know, I, I think I would probably like something like that to happen. The other thing is just that I think we saw this like beautiful, especially the, the one that stands out to me is the first preseason game. I remember the Knicks came out and the way that they played, and the way they were shooting the ball and the way they were creating those looks, I was just like, oh, this is beautiful basketball. Like, this is going to be so fun to watch once they tune this up a little bit. And yet this year they have been reverting to a lot of the same tendencies of when the going gets a little tough, they suddenly switch to like, I shoot, you shoot, I shoot, you shoot, you know, uh, just basically ISOing constantly and not really looking to get each other involved. And so hopefully it'll just come with time that the thing they grow to trust more than themselves individually is what they can achieve by getting each other open um but you know that might just be something that comes with time and you know the pressures of the regular season make it a little harder to play as loosey-goosey and you know just slinging the thing around like it is in preseason so hopefully that's just just all it is there and they're just still getting used to each other but you know those are my two my two things that i've been sort of negatively surprised with so far but we can move to our next question you've got mail which comes from Adam at the fiend machine underscore. And uh, well, when I, when I said this, when I put up our question solicitation, I said, whatever you can think of, we'll answer it, which uh, Adam quoted and then said, well, with an offer like that, how can I resist? What are your full bank accounts and routing numbers? Adam, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but I, I feel like you would not want my bank account. <laughs> there's like nothing in it, um, but I will gladly give you Matt's and Zach's who I think have more yeah. money. Yeah, sure. Um, well, my answer to that is uh, I'm not going to tell you. We didn't say we had to answer in the way you want us to answer. Oh, hey. All right. <laughs> the exactly. wire sharks again. <laughs> <laughs> You've been yeah. had, Adam. Yeah. The, the <laughs> Weiss and Weiss strikes again. <laughs> anyway. All right. Wait, so that, who's the second one? I don't know. <laughs> you and your, your other personality. Oh, that's uh, awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice try. I just, I don't know. Like, there's always a second one, and I couldn't think of another name, so I just made two of you. I think I think uh, you should have just made it Zach. <laughs> All right, My, I don't have a lawyer name. Fine, now it'll be Weiss and Whack. How about that? Ooh, there we go. There <laughs> yeah, be, a lot of people would want to hire that firm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes for a good logo. You get the double W. Sure. Yeah, you know? sure. All right. Anyway, uh, Adam's actual question. Serious question. Opine on what you think happens with the rotation 
once Nerlens is back. Uh, let's give a general answer to this, and I'm going to fold in a question from someone else here right after, too, because we had another sort of uh, Taj and, and Noel sort of question, too. So what do you guys think happens to the rotation once Nerlens is back? Uh, Matt, you go first. Uh, I think probably be like one or two games where Nerlens will get eased into minutes since he didn't have preseason. You know, he hasn't he hasn't really practiced yet. I'm sure Tibbs will like try to get him back in the game almost immediately. Um, so it'll be like probably an 11 man rotation where he and Taj kind of split Taj's minutes for like one or two games, and then I think Taj will just be out of the rotation. I know Tibbs loved Taj, but like when Noel and Mitch were healthy last year, Taj didn't play, and I think that'll be the same this year. I, I mean, he's not going to take like. Obi or, you know, quickly out of the rotation to keep Taj in. There's no, what are you going to play two centers? So um, it's, it's pretty likely that it'll just be Taj. That's the odd man out. All right. Hold that thought for just a minute. <laughs> Cause then we'll get to the other question, which brought up that, that very, one of the things that you just said there. Uh, but Zach, I'll throw it to you first, just to ask, like, what's your, what's your opinion on? No, I completely rotation? agree with Matt. I do also just want to say great use of the word opine. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good vocab word. Look it up, people. Opine. I don't think anyone needs to look that up, Alex. Contact clues, I feel like, will really give it away. <laughs> Some people might. I don't know. Maybe maybe you want to get the full, the full uh, you know, lowdown on why Opine you Opine is a verb form of opinion. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Man. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I did Shut it. Shut up, Weiss. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I'm basically in agreement, too. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see any world where... You know, Tibbs is not sympathetic to Taj's advanced age and everything and doesn't offer him the ability to just be a bench warmer, you know, and be a breaking case of emergency guy again, because I think that was what he was always supposed to be uh, dating back to last year. And he was sort of just signed out of necessity last year, thanks to injuries, and then obviously played as well as he did and then was re-signed this year because he was awesome last year and still is awesome. But I think, yeah, I, I kind of think that Nerlens yeah. is going to... Yeah eventually become the backup again. And it'll be just like the beginning of last season. Just to add on what you just said, Alex, I mean, Taj must have re-signed this year with the knowledge that once Noel and Mitch were both healthy, you know, at the time it was, will Mitch be healthy? Because Noel wasn't hurt yet. But either way, like he knew he wasn't going to be playing at some point during the season. Yeah, I would assume so. And they they basically just gave him a sweetheart deal just because they were like, we love you. And I know some people think it was way too much money. Ask Jeremy Cohen about that, but yeah, um, it really doesn't matter <laughs> um, because who the hell cares? Because it's literally like for one year, and they gave him an exception, so it's literally the, the yeah. least important thing in the world. Um, anyway, I, so I did say that there was another question that sort of ties into this, which I'll I'll do here. So this is we're gonna dive into like uh, like Rick and Morty multiverse action here. Uh, so, jeez, oh, Rick. <laughs> Oh, gee, Rick, I don't know how much I like Noel and Taj playing together. <laughs> uh, shut up, Morty. <laughs> shut up, Morty. <laughs> They're bureaucrats. I don't respect them. <laughs> anyway. You've got mail. Uh, Mark, at Far Off the Mark, uh, sa- says to us, so Taj came back and Obi plays less. That is true. Uh, what would be the worst second unit once Noel comes back? Would it be A, Noel, Taj, Obi, Burks, Rose. Would it be B, Noel, Taj, Obi, IQ, Rose? Or would it be C, Noel, Taj, Burks, IQ, Rose? What is your worst 
second unit once Noel comes back. They all feature oh Taj at power forward and Noel. <laughs> this is horrible. You can yeah, go first then, Zach. I hate really this. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you doing to us, Mark? <laughs> it's got to be – I mean, it's got to be one of the ones that – does not have Obi and IQ, right? Because, like, at least in that hypothetical, at least those guys are getting burned. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, although I know that I literally brought this up, like, on Locked on Knicks and I think on this show, too, about Obi potentially playing the three. I mean, two of those feature Obi playing the three. (laughs) I still think he could probably do it, but... I don't know. Now that the now that we've seen the small ball with him and Randall actually working, now I'm much more like, no, let's just do that more. Yeah, I'm just very <laughs> we don't need to experiment it. just to get him on the floor now. Right. <laughs> so I, I just yeah. can't. All these lineups suck. I, you can't <laughs> pick one. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's it's literally just because of everything that you lose by playing Taj at the four instead of Obi, and right. not just doing the the smart thing and and doing that. The um, the worst would probably be a. Because everyone shifts down a position except for Rose. Yeah, I'm almost. I mean, I hate to do this to IQ, but like he's been pretty. To your point a minute ago, he's been pretty. That's true. Maybe that you do want to go with that one because he's played like ass. But so is Burks, honestly. Yeah, they've both kind of been iffy. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's I. It, I'm sure they're both going to turn it around just fine. But as of this moment, yeah, I guess neither of them is particularly great at the moment. So yeah, I think it might be A also. Noel, Taj, OB, Burks, Rose. I think that might be the worst one. Are we in agreement? Yeah. I, that's yeah. that's just horrifying. I mean, how would they score? <laughs> I don't think that lineup would be able to score. Oh god, that'd be brutal. Derek Rose would just run lots of screens with Taj and that would be it. Yeah, but like he'd try to run into the paint and then like Obi, Noel, and Taj would all be there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least Obi camps the perimeter pretty well. Occasionally, so. yeah. But like, and Taj has done it, but, you know, it, it would it would not be good. Taj took two threes yesterday, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was chucking Taj, As uh, If we want to bring this full circle, Taj, much like Rick Sanchez views a bureaucrat, mm. is not respected on the perimeter, at least not as much as he should be. So, all right, all right. Oh, oh, gee, Taj. Oh, gee, you should take more threes. <laughs> you should, you, you, Taj. You, you should. I think you should. Geez, Taj. Taj, you should probably. You know, Taj. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. Geez, they're not gonna guard you out there. So, geez, <laughs> over and over. <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, Taj and Noel, four hundred seasons, four hundred seasons. Taj and Noel, four hundred seasons. Gonna <laughs> play them for four hundred seasons. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we've gotten. I've gotten that out of my system. Uh, that was that was great though. So thanks unintentionally, Mark, for allowing me to do a, a Rick and Morty impression on the show. Uh, can't wait till the new season of that show comes out. You've got mail. Uh, all right. Zan Rosen at Zan Rosen. I'm going to give a second birthday shout out to Zan Rosen. Happy, happy birthday to Zan, uh, whose girlfriend Zoe emailed the Strickland and was like, hey, can you shout out Zan on the podcast? Because it's his birthday. And I think his birthday was now like at least a week and a half ago, but screw it. Two birthday shout outs. And if you ever want us to shout out your birthday or someone you know's birthday on a Strickland podcast, definitely hit us up because that's that's pretty cool. So happy birthday again to Zan. Zan, yes. Everybody say happy birthday real quick. Oh, yeah. Sam, happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No enthusiasm. Sam, Matt, God. 
Oh, gee, oh, gee, Zan. Happy <laughs> <laughs> <a> good birthday. <laughs> oh, gee. Zan, I don't think those candles are right. You really do sound truly pathetic when you do that voice, Alex. <laughs> it's, it's, I know, it's really right? good. I do a pretty good Morty. Zan, yeah. Zoe, uh, she uh, she emailed us and she, oh, wow. She said, um, you know, we could we could chat you out. Um, so <laughs> here you go. Happy birthday. <laughs> What about Jessica? <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, Jessica, I'm Lord now. She's, you know, <laughs> that's it. She's gone. All right. Uh, anyway, Zan asks, do you think IQ needs more minutes to truly get going? Whose minutes would you reduce to get him some more playing time? Uh, Matt, what do you think? Because you had, you had a kind of borderline spicy IQ take a minute ago that Tibbs is right for keeping him on a short lease. Yeah, I mean, four minutes would solve the problem. I was about to say my my answer is about to be no nobody. I don't think he should be playing more minutes right now. He has to stop like taking dumbass shots and then he can play more minutes. But like every time even when he's hitting them, I feel like he's just like he's taking like very stupid shots. I don't know. Maybe I'm like misremembering and this is not how it is, but that's how I'm feeling when I'm watching him. So like really I would not I would not take away anyone's minutes to play him. Um, that said, occasionally Kemba plays probably too many minutes, honestly, not because of his, his play level, just because like, there's really no reason for him to play 35 minutes any night you, because you don't want to lose him for a week just cause you, you know, you hurt his knee cause you played him too long. So you can probably reduce his minutes a few to get IQ out there more, but I would not honestly, I, I would want to feel comfortable that IQ is going to make smarter plays before, uh, I increase his minute load. Yeah. I, I kind of feel similar. I think, I mean, maybe you could argue, like, we were just talking about how Burks hasn't been playing super great. So maybe, I guess, if it's like, do I want to play the the 30-year-old that's, you know, not playing as well and try to let him work out of it? Or do I want to play the, you know, the, the 22-year-old who's not playing as well and let him try to work through it? I'd probably say, yeah, I guess in a vacuum, I would play IQ more. Um, so, but... You also just paid Burks to essentially be like your, not your sixth man, but you know, like your your top like gunner off the bench, basically. Uh, so I don't know if you really want to like immediately be like, ah, screw you, like <laughs> your nine million dollars means nothing to us, and you know we're just gonna leave you to rot on the bench instead of letting you go out there and shoot. So yeah, that's maybe the only answer. But I'm kind of of the same opinion. I mean, I think just IQ's got to prove that stuff is sticking more between his ears. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. he's that it's like all the mental part of the game more so than just like getting into a rhythm. I feel like in many aspects, I mean, some of it is just that he's missing three pointers, but a lot of it is just, he's taking stupid three pointers. Right. And so he's not putting himself in the best position to succeed. So I would just kind of be like, stop bugging out and going crazy. And instead maybe like, try to find yourself in situations where you end up with spot up three pointers. Cause you were really great on those last year uh, and stuff like that. That would be more likely to get him going. And so, you know, I think, yeah, let him earn the minutes. It, there's no problem with having a, a second year player have to earn minutes off the bench. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. think that's totally fine. And, so, and you know what? The fact is this, this is a team that can, I mean, the way they're playing right now, and we've kind of hinted at, I know Zach's talked a little bit on Twitter about how they're really not even like, they haven't really hit their stride yet, even offensively. So, like, that, this could be like this team could be better than we thought, and that's the kind of team you don't just be like, "Ah, oh, we got to develop IQ." Like, if he's playing like shit, he's got to sit. 
Right. Yeah, he really plays better. If he plays like shit, you must sit. Yep, there you go. We're doing, we're doing a lot of impressions wow. tonight. <laughs> I could I could be a great lawyer now. Did you just I mean, Yeah, because you just said a a line similar to one Johnny Cochran said. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and that guy is a rich lawyer. Yeah. I think, yeah. He, I think he's dead, Alex, but <laughs> you guys ever take math class? It's called the transitive property. So you know. <laughs> yeah, but again, I'm pretty sure Johnny Cochran's dead, so he's not is well, yeah. I actually didn't know that he was dead. Yeah, yeah. I think he is. Have we considered well, that he was reincarnated as Alex? He probably died with a lot of money. I don't I don't oh, think he God. died before the OJ trial. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's, yeah, that's a good point. I what, what if his soul inhabited my body? Uh, that did you uh, let's I guess we gotta talk talk to your talk to your mom and see if like she noticed a sudden change in you when you were like twelve years old. Yeah, what if we've got like a uh, like a like a Disney Pixar soul situation? <laughs> um, anyway, all right, uh, Zach, do you have anything to add to that as far as IQ's playing time? And stuff? No, you guys nailed it. I I, I just want to say that I agree with you. I know Matt was you know saying uh, maybe it's not as bad. As it, I mean, it, maybe it's not as bad. I don't even know what his numbers look like right now. To be honest, he's had some moments, um, but we're still seeing a lot of the on and off, poor decision-making. Uh, I mean, in that first game, Tibbs, he played eight minutes in the first half and Tibbs stapled him to the bench, rightfully, rightfully. And he's been sort of, you know, he has been he was good in the first Magic game um, and, and just hasn't really been too much of a standout. I, I also believe in earning minutes and he'll get them if he, if he executes his decision-making better. He has... Zero. So he had a he had a finish at the rim yesterday off an offensive rebound. I don't count that because that was off a completely broken defense. I mean, he basically dunked the ball. That's never happened. I I want to see. He needs to get to the rim. We've been saying the same thing since we started watching him. You got to get to the rim. He's going to the floater too soon. He doesn't string out his dribble. He's just making decisions too quickly. He's going too soon. Oh, I, I well shit. I did it again. Um. Yeah, just basically slow down, bro. Let it come, and you'll be fine. Question, Zach. I, I'll throw this one to you because because you're you're probably the most uh, film adept of any of us. How much do you think that he is uh, having to unlearn some of the things that he taught himself prior to last year about drawing fouls and stuff with these new rules that obviously we've seen, like like James Harden, for example, is struggling this yeah. year to I, deal with these new rules. Like, do you think that quickly is having a little bit of a hard time with that? I don't think so. It might be part of it that, because it's tough, right? I haven't seen, I don't recall. I think there was one play where he was trying to bait something and didn't get a call. I think. Um, yeah. I think he had one in one of the first. Yeah. Yeah. The Celtics yeah. game yeah. was a fucking disaster. Yeah. So that tracks. Um, but I mean, what, what I'm guessing the way it would manifest, because let's face it, he was doing that shit. Uh, the way it really manifests itself is in sort of what we're seeing anyway, which is that, you know, he's not acting on instinct and therefore missing these small holes. Like when, when you're a point guard, I mean, any position, you got to be playing on instinct w- with a feel. And if you're thinking too much, if your instinct is going to draw the foul and you're thinking about not doing that, you're not going to be able to play your brand of ball. So it would not surprise me if it was affecting him, even though we haven't really seen him 
do it a bunch, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I yeah, I think maybe it's just kind of affecting how he plays overall. Like, even though, like, he's smart enough to not try it right now, but now he kind of just doesn't know what to do. Right. <laughs> right. Like, and I guess maybe if the solution is just that he starts crossing up guys like he murdered uh, Maxi in the yeah. Sixers game, then maybe that'll be the solution. Maybe that's just, you know, he'll replace trying to draw the foul with a sick, hezzy crossover type deal. By the way, that was – that was ne- I feel like that didn't really get as much play as it should have. I mean, I don't want Sports Center or anything, but that was like – he got dropped. He I think the like, other he thing – just dropped to the floor. Yeah, the other thing with the Maxi thing was I think – Randall held up with that that screen like uh, like a foot uh, further towards the hoop than Maxi thought he was going to be, and so I think Maxi's plan was like, oh, I'll use Randall to sort of almost like push off of if you know I have to get back to quickly if he goes for like you know a fake, and instead like it was just like Julius pulled the chair out from him almost like he just kind of was like, okay, I'll turn around. Oh God, there's nothing to hit here. And it just like fell on his ass because it was amazing. It was a great, great cross up. Uh, all right. I think we can get to our next question here, which is actually our second to last. Are we cruising towards almost another speed record again? We're close. We're close. Uh, what do what did we get last week? Last time around an hour, like just over an hour. I think it was an hour 20. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we should be that today. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll come damn close. If if not beating it, I don't know. We do have a really important James Marcita question. Yeah, always, <laughs> always very important. Always very um, important. Save the best for last. Always, always, but mostly because we hope people turn it off before we answer his questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this one might be a little bit of a a little bit of a, a big discussion. Anyway, though, because uh, this is this is still a fresh wound for one thing, but also I, I feel like there's going to be a little bit of a debate here. You've got mail, so. Our next question comes from Willie Crown at XXXChino99 on Twitter. Uh, Willie says, I'm currently satisfied with the roster, but if Terrence Ross became available, the Knicks should add him for their bench unit, right? A unit consisting of Rose, Ross, Burks, Obi, and Tajer Noel would be potent, right? Defense would slack, but try out, try out scoring with that lineup. Yeah, I mean, or sorry, try out scoring that lineup. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Um yeah, I I don't know. Uh, Zach, I'll, I'll throw it to you first. I mean, I have sort of mixed feelings about potentially adding a guy like a Ross to this team. Uh, yeah. Mostly just because of construction already, right? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not into it. I, I like Ross as a player, but I think two things. One, I think his archetype is more or less already filled by Alec Burks. Like, Ross is a little more of a movement shooter than a ball handler uh, if we're comparing the two as players. But they're just generally, like, kind of slightly bigger shooting guards who can, you know, pop off for 20 and a quarter. You know, like, both those guys can do that. And they'll just get red hot, and there's kind of nothing you could do. They're going to hit pull-ups, all kinds of ridiculous shots. Um, So that's the first thing. Number two kind of an extension of that, it's – I have trouble seeing how the offense would flow well with that lineup because between Ross and Burks, that's sort of a lot of of guys who want to shoot the ball a bunch, I guess, and guys that don't really 
get to the rim that much. Like, sure, you're playing them with Rose, but you're running plays for those two guys, right? Like when, when Ross is killing you, they're just running plays from over and over. So Rose isn't really doing what he does best, which is, you know, get to the rim and, and create offense and, and do dynamic things. And, and Obi is going to get phased out too. So I, I don't love it, especially because I, I think they play better small. I, I think that, that those Rose quickly lineups have been good and will continue to be good. So, you know, Ross is a little more of a ball stopper. I mean, well, quickly it's kind of a ball stopper in his own right, but I think it's a little it's a little different. It comes in a little bit of a different way. Uh, and I, I don't think – I just don't think they need Ross really in any way. Yeah, I, I largely feel similar. And I'm going to – I have two, like, modified versions of this question asked. But, Matt, I'll, I'll get your opinion on that first. Because I before I get into the uh, the thoughts here, um, I I agree. With Zach. Oh, let me try again. I agree with Zach, although I would go um, even more negative. I I don't really want him at all. The, I mean, the joke answer is if he's on the Knicks, he can't play the Knicks. So you know that takes away a big game. That's true. Um, but also, I think you know this is like what um, Will. Sorry, yeah, Willie said. I just want to make sure that was the right name. Um, well, this is like Willie mentioned, you know, the lineup wouldn't be that good on defense. I, I think if they're going to add someone, it has to be a, a solid defender because, like, I think that Bench Unit plays good de- team defense, but individually, um, other than Taj or Noel, when Noel comes back, like, there's not a great individual defender on, on the bench. Um, so I, I think adding another negative defender would be a, a bad idea. And. I don't really see any reason to as, as annoyed I've been as I've been with quickly. I, I don't want to like completely cut him out of the rotation, which is what Ross would presumably do because they probably aren't going to bench Burks. So, and also honestly, Burks is probably better when he's playing well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm against for all the reasons Zach said, plus those other few little points. So yeah. So the, the way that I wanted to kind of modify this or at least, or I guess this is just kind of like saying, yeah, but, uh, so I, I agree with what you guys said. I, I don't think – I think that he kind of just – he maybe gives you a slightly more potent at his peak version of Burks, but definitely with less defense and definitely with – I don't want to use questionable motor, but like qu- way more questionable decision-making at times. And definitely like on defense, I mean Ross is just like clueless. Like he has no idea where to be. I think Macri might have put out a in his newsletter at one point talking about Ross. Uh, and it was like prior to the first Magic game, maybe, where he was just like, he looked at a couple plays. It was like, look at how clueless Ross is. <laughs> and like, this is what the Knicks get to go up against on, on defense when they already look so good on offense. And, you know, I don't think you necessarily want to add a dude like that. The only, the only way that I say that I would potentially do it is I guess if he just like hit the buyout market and you're just like, do we want to just fill the last roster spot with him? Sure. I guess, you know, I guess it doesn't hurt to add another guy like that. If he was interested, you know, just as injury insurance and, you know, another guy to throw out there in, in like a playoff game, if your team just stagnates and you really need a spark, uh, I think that Ross could potentially be that, but I'm also not, I mean, I also would feel great about having to do that break in case of emergency option and have Terrence Ross be your final hope in a playoff game or something. Hopefully this team is better than that. 
my question for you guys, the modified version or sort of the, the logistical, you know, look at this too, is who do you trade for him to end up with a being a, So like Willie said, you know, if you can end up with Rose Ross, Burks, Obi and Taj. So that implies or Taj or Noel, whatever. But so that implies that you're not trading Burks for him straight up, which I wouldn't do anyway. Because I think Burks is just, as I just said, I think just overall a better player. But so who do you trade then? Because I, I certainly would not want to give up like even. Well, first off, Ross makes like twelve and a half million, so you need to find a way to get at least in the neighborhood of of what Burks makes, which is like, I think he's like nine point seven on the books or something, um, which I think would work because I think that's that fits the hundred twenty five percent rule, or it's like extremely close. Uh, but you know, if you if you don't trade him because you want to have this lineup, then who are you moving? And it's like, I mean, I wouldn't want to move Noel for Ross because that essentially takes away one thing that's very useful to you, which is having Noel's rim protection off the bench and replaces it with something you have already, which is, uh, you know, essentially Alec Burks's role, but for Terrence Ross. And then it's like, uh, other than that, I mean, you, you don't want to give up any of the young guys. Like, you don't want to do some combo of, like, quickly and Grimes or something to start getting you towards that number. Like, that's just way too much for a player of Ross's caliber. So, I'll ask this twofold to you guys, and I'll, I'll throw it to you first, Matt, and then, Zach, you can kind of close it. Uh, would you do Burks for him straight up if that was on the table? And would you do... Would you do any sort of deal that ended with both of them being on the team if if a trade became available? Because the the honest truth of this roster is that it's very thin around the margins. There's no like fat to be trimmed around the edge here. I guess maybe you could say like Kevin Knox. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you could pull it off with Kevin Knox. I guess like one other player, but still doesn't seem great to me. I forgot Kevin Knox existed until you mentioned him, honestly. <laughs> Not a factor. Um I would not trade Burks for him for the reason you said. Um, and I would not want to have both him and Burks on the team for the reason you said. The implication of Willie's question is that you're trading quickly because he's not even mentioned quickly. Um, so I think that's what he was, you know, implying there. But I definitely wouldn't trade quickly for him. Um, and also you would you would not be able to salary match between them. So it would have to be like quickly and Noel, which is like, yeah. I don't know. Or, or you'd have to do like Knox and Taj, which like, why would you? Yeah, Knox, right. Knox and Taj. It, like, I think the implication of the question was quickly and either Taj or Noel would get traded. I guess, um, yeah. And I, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could also, I mean, if they keep him on the roster, Wayne Seldon's veteran minimum is almost 2 yeah, million. Sure. So that's kind of useful, but. Anyway, no, no one knows your hypotheticals. Yeah, I just don't think there's a deal. Uh, Zach, do you have do you have any other creative solutions to how you potentially get him on the team without no. trading Burks? No, I, I and, got nothing. And I assume you probably also wouldn't trade Burks for him straight up, right? Yeah, I, I would not. Even if just for the continuity argument, you know? I, yeah. I, Burks is good. And here's the other thing. Has Ross actually done – I can't remember. I feel like he's been in the league for so long now. Um, that I'm having trouble because he's bounced around a little bit. Has he ever done this on a good team reliably? Uh, I think I think he was part of the magic when they were 
Well, when they were uh, making the playoffs as like a seven seed. Well, yeah, but well, he was on the Raptors, right? They were they were okay, but was that the was that the the Raptors that Braun used to just dick around every year? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So the answer is not really. I mean, he was he was good on those Raptors teams, but I don't know. I'm I'm just not. Yeah, I'm trying to look. So he. So he came into the league in twelve thirteen. He was on the Raptors until sixteen oh. seventeen when he got traded to Orlando. Way less than I thought. I was so wrong. I thought he had been on like three or four teams. He's only been on Toronto and Orlando. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So I guess he went from like the fledge, the fledgling. Was that what I was about to say? Is that the right? I think so. Thing? He was. He was on the fledgling. You know, uh, playoff Raptors before they really hit their stride and started turning into like a one seed, and then eventually won a championship with Kawhi and then he's been on Orlando where they made the playoffs for a couple years. Actually here, I could see exactly how many times he's been to the playoffs five times, three times with Toronto, two times with Orlando in 2019, 20, he played in five games for Orlando and scored 16 points, uh, shooting 47% overall. And, 54.5% effective field goal. So, I mean, his last playoff appearance was pretty good. But, um, yeah, I, I still don't know that I would take him over Burks just because I, I think the defense, you're just, you're essentially trading Burks's pretty decent two way impact for, for Ross's more potent, potentially offense, right. um, with way worse defense. So, I think I would definitely I would go that direction um, and just just stick with Burks with the all around impact. Considering you have like five guys on this team already that can go off for twenty on any any given night, so why do you need to sacrifice your defense, which is like your core tenant of your team, to bring on another guy that can maybe give you a slightly better chance than Alec Burks of scoring twenty points any given night? It just doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. So that's where I would go with that as well. Also, shout out to uh, to. Terrence Ross, a.k.a. Terry of NYK Terry and Trey, who I always, every time I see Terrence Ross come up, I always think of that because that's literally Terry's name is Terrence Ross. And he's like, yeah, I always got I always got shit for being named Terrence Ross uh, all throughout, I think, like college, he said, um, and stuff like that. So shouts to Terry, shouts to Terry and Trey, always uh, one of our buddies. But anyway, we've made it. We've made it to the James time. Are you guys ready? <laughs> James time. Oh, <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm going to just let that marinate for a second. <laughs> um, maybe I'll remix that for future. <laughs> yes, James asks a question every week and it's always the last question we answer. Figured why not? Yeah. Now it's got a theme song. Yeah. You've got mail. All right. Uh, so the Irishman, yep. I, oh wait, I'm sorry. This isn't James. This is the Irishman that asked this question. The Irishman time. The Irishman, yup, I'm the Irishman, at the Irishman he he on Twitter, uh, says, has your love for Tibbs increased, decreased, or stayed the same during the first four games of the season? If it's increased or decreased, please quantify by how much. All right, so I'm going to require you guys to think up a unit of measure that either loosely makes sense or makes no sense. And then say how much your love for Tibbs has increased or decreased through the first four games of the season. Zach, again, since you were late on the spot, think of what your unit of measure is and how much has your love for Tibbs increased or decreased. My unit of measure 
is a is a Tibbs yell for pulling the mask down and yelling. My love for Tibbs was four out of five Tibbs pulling down the mask and yelling at me, by the way. He's yelling at me in this scenario. Uh, this year, it has blossomed. Is that like your kinker? I mean, I mean, I can't comment on that, Matt. I know you'd like to know, but uh, we'll, we'll have to circle back to that. Oh, you know, like you're so witty. Turn that around on me, huh? Yeah. Zach is a Zach is a sub who's uh, <laughs> specifically is being yelled at by Tom. I, I have no comments. All I will say is no kink shaming. It, it is, you know, this is very much like uh, I'm not shaming you. Um, this is very much like. Do you guys watch Succession? Nope. No. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Well. <laughs> anyway, there's a character it to people who do watch. There's yeah, yeah, no, I'm about to. I'm about to go. There's a character on Succession who, and uh, for to keep spoilers free, I won't say who. If you watch the show, you'll know who has this kink. Um, so there you go. Oh, okay. That's getting pretty yelled at by Tibbs. Yeah. yeah, not getting yelled at by Tibbs. Get, getting yelled at, you know, or getting belittled essentially oh, is, okay. is the kink. Oh, uh, okay. Well, right. I, I can't comment in either way, but it has gone from four to five because, goddamn, I loved him so much, man. It's like, it's like he's like, he's just, he's so Tibbs. You know what I mean? Like, everything is just so on brand, and I, I love it. I, that, that gif of him uh, telling someone to shoot and like smiling, I was like, oh my God, look at Tibbs. He's having such a good time, man. And then he calls timeouts when they're up 20 just sort of fucking around a little bit. Like, the game's over. He's calling timeouts anyway because they missed a rotation. That's an eternal Tibbs masterpiece. Just give me all that forever. I love him. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, Marty, where, what are you thinking? What, what was that? It's first, first Marty I busted out the whole episode. I don't know. <laughs> I think ever. Uh, no, I've definitely I've definitely said that on this show. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that you have. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so my unit of measurement was was going to be uh, strained vocal cords, but I think that's too similar to Zach's. So I'm going to just make it like really nonsensical and make my measure unit of measurement Schwinn's. Um, <laughs> and, um, my love for Tibbs has increased by one Schwinn. I will make no explanation for how many Schwinn's I used to enjoy him at. I want to make no explanation for what a Schwinn is. All you have to know is that it's gone up by one Schwinn. Okay. But why? Because... <laughs> wow, he's not prepared for a follow-up question of any kind. I just, I just basically did the verbal equivalent of what quickly did to Maxi. Yeah, I, I really was not expecting to be quizzed. That was good. <laughs> all right. Anyway, all right. Fine. I'll move on because I'm excited to do mine. Yeah. Mine is a mine is a callback because that's what that's what all good shows do, right? Is callbacks. Uh, and so my unit of measure is VCRs. Oh, nice. Yeah. And mm. listen to was that two episodes ago or one episode? That was, I think it was more than two. Yeah, that had it was at least two because I was hosting it, and I remember well, you hosted. Yeah, it wasn't the last episode. I think it was two episodes ago with us. So I think it might. Have, I mean, it doesn't matter. I think it might have been even more honestly than two episodes. Yeah, I don't know. Go back and listen to all of them if you haven't already. That never That's happens. a great idea. You should just listen, <laughs> just listen um, to us talk for for what would total like thirty hours. If you want to understand this callback, you got to listen to all of them. Uh, yeah, but I could say it's within within the last two months this episode came out. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, VCRs. And I'm going to say that my love for Tibbs has increased by 
three VCRs. And I am not going, I'm also not going to specify what my total is, but I will say that the, the core tenets of my VCR increase here are one that Tibbs is stepping up his press game this year and has like at least one smart ass answer per, uh, per media session now at this point. Like, I think, I think that he has very much wrangled the dreaded New York media at Mm -hmm. this point and has them in the palm of his hand. Um, in the palm of his probably big sweaty hand. Um, <laughs> and then the other part will be the the other two I would attribute to what he's been doing on the court, which is like I tweeted about this last night, but like he's doing a lot of things that were like pet peeves of mine from last year with him, which is or, or correcting them, I should say, uh, which is. One is mixing the bench more with the starters and trying to find interesting combinations between those two units instead of doing these like basically platoon swaps that he did last year. Uh, He still gravitates towards wanting to have the starters and the bench play together for some minutes, which is fine because I think it should be like that Uh, because the Knicks aren't like the like the Nets or something where it's like you want to have one of Harden or KD on the floor at all times. The Knicks Knicks aren't like the Nets where it's like you suck. And so you exactly. Yeah. And, and their whole team is vaccinated, which is <laughs> really helpful for roster yeah. construction and, yeah. and uh, rotation construction. Uh, but he's he's experimenting a little more, which I like. And then also, I mean, the three point thing, which was already touched on earlier, like it's just insane. I mean, they went from they, they were one of the top four or five best percentage three point shooting teams last year. But stylistically, they were like 23rd or 24th in threes attempted per game last year and now are like resoundingly number one i mean my god they were like i didn't look and see what the updated number is at this particular moment but after the first three games they were jacking like 49 a game or something which is just craziness and makes 2012 13 look like fucking child's play yeah i mean Um, tip was always saying if they could get good shots, he would want them to take them. And I didn't really believe him, but he wasn't lying. Yeah, exactly. So basically, like, you know, if if for any of the people that were like steadfastly, like Tibbs is never going to adapt. I think that you still had some ammo last year, maybe on the offensive end, where you could have said, "Look, he's got this team that has all these like forty percent three point shooters, and they're not shooting that many. You know, they should be shooting more threes and blah blah blah." And, you know, I think that he already proved last year that he was not, nor was he ever a one-trick pony as far as defensive philosophy. Um, And that it probably speaks more to just how bad, like, the defensive players were in Minnesota than anything about him as to why their defense didn't really work out. Uh, Because, I mean, he he doesn't just ice all the time anymore, as much as everybody thought that that was what it was going to be. Even back to last year, he wasn't icing all the time. So... You know, that part was already sort of solved, but the people that were still doubting how he manages an offense had some some ammo still after last year. I think all of that has officially gone out the window now. I mean, he's just he's he's almost like it reminds me a lot the way that he has made this huge adjustment year to year reminds me a lot of like pop and what he was able to do with different rosters over different years and, you know, just kind of make it work and play to the strengths of his roster and and be smart about the personality he has on the floor and that sort of thing and, and tailor a game plan for that. Uh, that's sort of how I feel Tibbs has been managing the Knicks so far this year. And that's obviously San Antonio's recent demise, notwithstanding that's like as bout of a high of a compliment as you can give to an NBA coach. So 
that's why he's gained three VCRs uh, in my my personal ranking of him. Which again, go back and listen to one of those those old episodes. Uh, all right, I think we've we've made it through all the questions, and as of right now, we're still coming in. I think at a record here, so this is great, and we still have like five minutes to kill. So, do you guys have anything that you want to want to promote or anything before we get off here? Uh, Matt, do you want to remind every everybody again to watch apparently the greatest show of all time that Zach and I still haven't started watching? No, 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 no. wait, wait, wait. You don't remember the discussion we had about this where I said I don't think I like. I wouldn't agree that it's well. This is, I know. I'm, I'm, just this. I'm no. honestly just busting your balls. I know you are, but like, <laughs> um, I just realized I, I don't want to actually say what I was about to say. So uh, maybe off air. Sorry, listeners. This is not something I want you to hear. Um, serious. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I will actually tell you guys off air, but unfortunately, I cannot say it on air. Um, oh my this is god! Exciting. Yeah. Uh, Scandalous. I'll plug the Patreon like I always do. Also, I'll plug. Zach's uh, Zach's online dating apps. Find him, you know, match him. He's, dating, he's out there dating. You can search my name, right? You can yeah. do that. Yeah, everyone yeah. can find me. Yeah, that would actually be kind of hilarious. It would be really fun. Yeah, if Look you could search my name. Just, let's see. Just set your settings to uh, six foot four. That's, I mean, Zach. that's true. You could do it that way. Six foot four, named Zach. Uh, There's probably from... still like three hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, you could you could try, ladies. Give it a shot. All the ladies that listen to this, not all the, <laughs> not the surely ninety seven percent male eighteen to thirty six demographic that we're appealing to here <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, all the all the ladies, check out Zach on the dating apps. Uh, uh, Zach, what do you want to? promote other than yourself because we already did that uh yeah um i i I appreciate the plug uh i i don't have anything to promote so instead i'm gonna say go see dune because it's awesome matt did you catch that that you you promoted zach yeah i was gonna say really nice of him to to (laughs) think about that i'm such an asshole (laughs) oh my god yeah go Go search Matt. You'll, that'll be even more specific. Which which name is more generic, Alex? Which one of us has more the most generic name? The three of uh, us. I don't mean this is a shot at all. It's definitely Matt. Like I, I think it's Matt. A, no, in our it age is, group. I, I, yeah. I knew way more Matts than Zach's growing up. Yeah, no, I knew. I know at least four Matts. At least. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's so many Matts. Like everybody knows a Matt, or two Matts even. You know, at least. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I uh <laughs> Oh, that was good. Uh that was a good that was a good thing. Actually, you know what I think people should do? You know it'd be a fun game. Go on go on the app, set your set your area to I don't know, whatever, like forty miles outside of like Manhattan, and then search for uh guys six four and up and see who you find first. You don't need Matt forty miles to catch us. I don't. I don't freaking know. Dude, your geography is horrific. I mean, are you serious? Actually, well, yeah. I guess. I guess Zach I'm and like. I are 50. both like less than five miles from Manhattan. Yeah, I'm like fifty miles from Manhattan. I guess it's just like I don't compute because the time it takes to get to like where either of you guys are is like not that much less than me literally just like driving into the city. Yeah, from 50 I literally miles away. like the only way I can if I when I turn my radius on the only way I can avoid people in Manhattan, which I'm not trying to do, but if I wanted to. Literally one mile is the only way I could, could not get to the All right. Anyway, whatever. Set it to within five miles of Manhattan and look for six, four people and see who you find first out of Zach or Matt. 
That'll be a fun game. They don't know what we look like. That's well, true. That just makes it more fun. <laughs> you're not gonna oh, yeah. Just, you gotta just use con- swipe right on any matter of Zach you see and that just are six, four or make not. it weird. Yeah, just go really weird with it. Yeah. <laughs> and then just just lead with <laughs> just lead with what does VCR mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how you weed them out. All right. I think we can wrap up. Oh, I don't I don't have anything to plug. Fight fight match with them on dating apps. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we only got a minute and a half, Alex. So wrap it yeah, up. We only got a minute and a half to beat the record. So thank you for listening to Nick's Mail.Bag. This was episode 36. I have to actually mention that now because Matt broke the streak. Oh, you forgot to say in the beginning after all that. Wow. What? We were. Excuse me. Yeah. We were talking about. That was gross. We were talking about. <laughs> you looked up the episode number at the beginning of the show and then you didn't say it yeah that's true i didn't well i said it now because i usually say it at the end that's all i do um anyway this is this has been the 30s this has been the 69th episode of nick's mailed out bag thanks for listening (laughs) and we will talk to you guys in two weeks peace out You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.